0: Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. We're in a series. I'm starting a series. We're not in a series. We're starting a series. Sorry, we have a nine o'clock service. So sometimes I really don't know what I've said in each service. At the end of the day, it was one big service to me. And I uh, hope I said everything right in all of the services, right? Yeah. But um, I felt strongly in my heart, actually, for the last, I would say it has been the last month and a half, I've been intensely studying healing and divine health. And uh, obviously, this is a good time to, to have revelation on the healing power of God in your life and to walk in divine health in the midst of everything going on around us. Would you agree with that? Uh, And so ultimately, I just felt nudged by the Spirit of God. And I want to say this as I begin this series. It is meant to to educate. I'm actually going to do my best to teach today. Last week, I preached, and I got in trouble. I stirred the pot. So today, I'm going to teach, and it's going to be great. You're going to all love me after the If you don't, I don't care. Not that I don't love you, but I just can't care about what everybody thinks about me, right? If mama's happy, I'm happy. Yeah. Come on. And trust me, if my wife ain't happy, I find out that she's not happy. <laughs> any, any brothers out there witness to that, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like there's not a question in the house. What's wrong? You, you don't, it doesn't matter what's wrong. It matters that it is wrong. So, we're going to do a series on healing and divine health. Let's educate ourselves. Let's grow. You ready to grow in the things of the Lord, grow in revelation? And ultimately, I would say this if we went around this room right now and we took a microphone and we asked people how many people have encountered supernatural things of healing and miracles, raise your hand if you've witnessed that in your body or in your life. Look at that. So, just look around, keep your hands, put them up real high. There are many people that can testify that God is supernaturally healing today, not 2,000 years ago, today. Are you with me? Now put your hands down. How many people could could say that you've actually seen a believer that got sick and they didn't get healed, and it was quite sad to see? Raise your hand. Okay, so just as many hands that saw supernatural healing have seen believers get sick that didn't get supernatural healing. So if we go just on experience alone, and just say, well, it seems like it's a 50-50 chance with God, then you're never going to walk in the realm of faith you're called to walk in in the area of supernatural healing. You cannot water down the truth of the word to, 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 to work in what you've seen in your life. And if there's ever a breakdown, and understand I say this with all humility and not to pick on anybody, but if there is ever a breakdown in healing in your life, you cannot blame God for that. You cannot say the Lord failed you. You cannot say that God, I did everything I was supposed to do and God didn't do his part. So as we study this series, my, my, I do not want to puff up your head where all I do is fill you with knowledge so where then if you don't get healed, you blame God because you did everything Pastor Caleb said. No, if there's ever a breakdown, God is perfect. God is good. God is awesome. God is wonderful. If the breakdown exists, we did something that we shouldn't have done or, or missed it somehow. And I'm not trying to bring doom and gloom in your, in your life, but I just want to establish right up front, you have to believe God is a healer. Amen. You still believe that? If you believe that, raise both hands. Shout amen in the house. God is a healer. Okay, let's begin in the word. And like I said, I'm going to be teaching today. This is awesome. I mean, if you felt led to bring me an apple afterwards and be like, you're the greatest teacher ever. I like apples so bring peanut butter on the side because I like apples with peanut butter, you know. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just throwing that out for free. If anybody wants to run out real quick and do that, <laughs> don't. Listen. All right. Isaiah 53, 3 through 5. Um, powerful bit of scripture. Many people will know this scripture. Reading in the New King James Version, it says, speaking about Jesus, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Many years before Jesus ever walked the earth. Understand, though, Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So Jesus was already in existence. Jesus was not just the Son of God. Jesus was God. He was God. You got that? Okay. And so Isaiah looked forward to the day that the Messiah would come. And he basically laid out God's redemptive plan that began... Really, in the garden, you could say, but before the garden, because if Jesus was slain before the foundation of the earth, it means that before man ever fell, God already planned redemption. But it began many years before Isaiah prophesied about the coming of the Messiah, who, basically we understand through scripture, salvation and healing were delivered together as one package deal. And we're going to be breaking that down today. The title of my message is Faith to Receive. It's so important to realize that you have an obligation to God to believe, agree, and receive the things from heaven in your life. Genesis 3, 14 through 15 says, the Lord said to the serpent, understand this is not a snake. This is the devil. Okay, so every time you see a snake, people are like, I hate snakes. They're the devil. I also do not like snakes, so I bought a snake to face my fear. True story. To feed it, I would layer myself with welding gloves up to here, a pair of tongs this long, and I would stick the mouse in there, and it would strike, and I'd be like, ah But I faced that fear until I could grab that snake, reach him out, pull him around, hold him, put him down, drop a thing, put my bare hands into his mouth, and so... Sometimes you just got to face your fears. But this is not a snake. This is the devil. God did not curse a rattlesnake because the rattlesnake lied. This is the devil. Because you've done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, more than every other beast of the field. On your belly shall you go. You shall eat the dust all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This is speaking about Jesus. And so, once again, we understand Isaiah prophesied about Jesus coming, and when Jesus came, healing and salvation would come. When mankind fell in the garden, it's important for you to understand that man was not made for sickness. We were not made for disease. We were not made to struggle in any way whatsoever. We were not even made to die. When man was made in the image of God, death was not a part of our story. We would live forever for the glory of the Lord. We are a created being in the image of our Father where the breath of creation was breathed on the inside of us. So on the inside of you, in your lungs, is the breath of creation in the inside of you. That is why what you say carries power. Unlike the dog, unlike the cow, you have the breath of Christ Jesus on the inside of you. When you speak things out, it has the same creative power that was spoken and breathed on the inside of you. Do you believe it? Shout amen. So we understand man fell. When man fell, sickness came, disease came. Because sickness is a byproduct of sin. That where sin exists, death, the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That the reason why there's pain, the reason why there's struggling, the reason why there's suffering in the world today is not proof that God is not good. It is proof that sin is running rampant in the world today. And wherever sin is let, uh, let, able to run rampant, sickness follows, poverty follows, weakness follows, all sorts of oppression follows sin. So the reason why your body ever gets sick it's because you were born with a sin nature and through the redemptive power of Jesus Christ are you transformed. Yes. Are you with me so far? Yes. So, God had a plan all the way back before man fell to redeem mankind. Not just to get us into heaven, but to redeem us to what he had made us to be to begin with. Yeah. To walk in the supernatural divine health that God had made us to walk in. Do you believe that? Yeah. All right, Matthew 8, 16 through 17. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, is, is, is quoting the book of Isaiah concerning what Jesus himself did, referring directly to Jesus Christ. He came. They brought many that were demon-possessed unto him. He cast out the devil and he healed all that were sick so that it might be established which was spoken. He took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. Jesus took it all. Now, I want to highlight something to you. It says there, he healed all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, did Jesus always heal everybody everywhere he went? No. There's actually scripture that says, and even in his own hometown... He didn't heal or do any great miracles because of their unbelief and their dishonor. Now, I think it's important to to classify something that I feel about God, that the reason why God doesn't go around and heal everybody all the time is because God is looking for faith-filled people that will believe before they ever see. Now, it isn't because God is a mean God. It's because God is not in debt to any man and does not owe you proof. He doesn't heal to prove things. He heals because He's good. He heals because that's who He is. But when you come and you're like, God, prove yourself in this. God is not debted to you to prove anything. Who are you to come to the Lord and say, you owe me an explanation, God? God. Who are you to go to the Lord and say, explain yourself, prove yourself, and then I'll follow you? That's not how you approach the creator of heaven and earth that made all the seen world through the spoken word. You go to God humbly, bowing down in faith, saying, I believe it whether I see it or not. You said that's who you are. It is who you are. You are not a man that you should lie. I believe it. Do you believe it, shout Amen. Listen, even when you read about Jesus, he went into the pool of Bethesda, and all these sick people are there, yet he only picked one man out of the entire group to be healed. The one man. Everybody else sat there sick. One person got supernaturally healed. Jesus went daily into the the, the temple that you read just a few chapters into Acts, where Peter and John went there, and there was a man laid there daily at the feet of the temple that Jesus had went into days previous to this. So he was definitely there when Jesus went in. But Jesus didn't heal the man. Peter and John stopped. Such as I have, I give to thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. The man rise up and walk, went in the temple, and it glorified God. And it was resounded through the city, and many people were saved. Probably if he'd been healed by Jesus days previous to that, he would have went in the temple shouting hallelujah. It would have been more fire against him because when Lazarus was raised from De- Jesus, they wanted to kill Lazarus. So ultimately, God has a reason for things. Yeah. But let me back up what I'm saying just a little bit more so that I'm, I'm going somewhere. 1 Corinthians twelve nine through 11 says, to another, this is the gifts of the supernatural spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing. Say gifts of healing. Yeah. By the same Spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Say, "As as he wills. So it's as the Lord wills. Imagine if you could heal anybody you wanted to heal every single time, what would your life even begin to look like? You would be fleeing in the midnight hour to hide from governments that would be sending people to kidnap you and take you to some hidden factory somewhere where you're laying hands on everybody and you have no freedom of your life. Seriously, imagine that power. That's why God does not disperse it to one single person. One single person becomes a target. He disperses it to the body so that everybody has the ability to tap into the Holy Spirit through faith and begin to see the functioning of God in this world. You have a part to play in the plan of heaven. Do you believe it? Yes. Shout amen. Yes. Thank God for that. Man, If you and imagine what it would do to your head. You would be so puffed up. Yep. Be thou healed. <laughs> it would destroy you. You would get them healed, but you would go to hell. And God is so good, he doesn't want to send you to hell. He's so good, he made a way for you to get to heaven. And he gives his spirit unto you to show forth the goodness of God in this generation and because ultimately it is the redemptive plan of God. He takes sickness out of your life because sickness was never meant to be a part of your life. If you believe it, say amen. Think about it this way. In the Old Testament, there's a story about Naaman the leper. And when Na- the Naaman the leper got sick with leprosy, he was a man of great wealth, great esteem, great power. He was a general. He couldn't get healed, though, because wealth and all the things of this world cannot bring you what God can give you. And so he heard about a man of God. He heard about the prophet Elijah. He sought him out. And Elijah said to him, go and dip seven times in the river Jordan. It offended Naaman. But nonetheless, he did it anyways. And when he dipped seven times, he was healed. He came back to the prophet and said, let me give you silver. Let me give you gold. Let me give you clothes. Let me bestow gifts upon you. The prophet said, no. Why did he say no? Because he knew it was God that healed you, not me. So I'm not going to receive, I'm not going to profit from the things of God. The moment you get your heart so far gone that you want to profit from what God can do, there's a heart check that needs to happen. You're in dangerous ground when you're sitting there telling people for a $1,000, I'll prophesy over you. Your word can go to hell with you is what it comes down to. The gifts of God are not for money. They cannot be bought. It is as the spirit wills. And God is not a one that is subject to bribery. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. So even when they bribed the prophet to curse Israel, he would get up and he would bless Israel and be like, what's going on? I can't curse them. And so Gehazi, servant, now he's like, well, silver and gold would be nice. Been serving this man of God for many years. I've got him a glass of water. Nothing happens. So he sought out Naaman. He says, look, my master says, I can take the silver. I can take the gold. He, he does want some. So he bestows it all upon him. He goes and he hides it and goes before Elijah. Now, the question is, how dumb can you get to where you're going to do that while serving the prophet of God? But I'll answer the question. The easy. Que- it's easy. If you read and you think about the reality of Elijah, I believe Elijah's, the Bible, I want to say, has 16 miracles that are equated to Elijah. I could be wrong. It might be eight. It might be 16. Is it eight? It's 16 to Elijah. So eight miracles scripture talks about concerning Elijah. Gehazi served him every day in and out. So Gehazi saw Elijah as a man. Because in his normal functions, it's not like Elijah was going around knowing everything all of the time. It's as the Spirit willed. So Gehazi Gehazi thought within himself, I can steal this and Elijah will never know. But God said, not today. (laughs) And he revealed it to Elijah. So Elijah said, where were you? I saw you run up to the chariot. And then leprosy came on Gehazi. Ultimately, it's just proof, once again, that all the way back to great prophets of renown in the Old Testament, it still was as the Spirit willed. To where Gehazi thought, I can get away with this. But he did not get away with it because God held him in check. So God moves and he decides how and when to move based upon his own sovereign will. But God looks for an environment or conditions to move freely in. Those environments and conditions are humble hearts, truly in faith, not telling God he has to do something for them, but humbly laying before the Lord in faith, because faith is ultimately what moves God to act on behalf of mankind. Say faith. 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 The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you're not going to ever see the Lord. Do something to prove to wicked people he is powerful. You're going to see God look at people that are humble, full of faith, bowed before him. And God says, I will breathe upon that group. And I will pour my spirit upon them afresh. And I'll do what I said I would do because you believe in what I say I can do. Faith. So say faith. Faith. The reason why I want to highlight this to begin this entire series is I, I know that people get in their minds... If I could just get in a healing service where this great man of God is, he will lay hands on me and then I will be made whole. As if to say it takes one special person that has a special anointing that had fasted 40 days in a cavern somewhere and an angel of the Lord touched his tongue and then after that, every time he speaks, it's like butter flowing and people are healed. What that does is it takes all responsibility from you. Away. So you can be what you want, do what you want, say what you want, but put all responsibility on someone else. You think God's going to honor that? You think God's going to say, look at this little baby. Let's do something for him. God's going to say, where's your faith? Where's your belief? What are you doing? Are you stirred up? Do you believe that I am who I say I am? Or do you look at a man that I have poured my spirit upon and exalt that man above my word? Faith acts upon the word. So whether there's a great moment or a great atmosphere or there's not a good atmosphere, you're not moved by the atmosphere. You're moved by the Word of God that is the plumb line of your life. Why does it matter? It matters because you can praise God when it's all good, but when you get a negative word and it doesn't feel like a good atmosphere, do you quit and give up right there because it doesn't feel like an atmosphere of faith? Or do you stay in faith and say, God, I, you are who you say you are. You do what you say you do. I believe now, just as I believed when I didn't get challenged. I still believe. Because faith that is not challenged is presumption. I believe God's good, but you've never been challenged on it? But wait till you get challenged, and then we're going to find out if you got faith rigidly secured in the Word of God to stand upon and say, Come hell or high water. I still believe. I told you I'm teaching today. <laughs> God decides when and where his supernatural healing power will flow. First, or Second Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, in salvation's plan, the way you're saved is he became sin for you. There was a debt owed for your sin. That debt was death. That was eternal judgment in hell. Someone had to stand in your place. He chose to be that person to stand for you so that your sin no longer has a price tag on it. It has been paid for. You have been made free by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Salvation. Now in that, what happens is by faith, you have to have faith to believe in salvation, right? And so by faith, you believe that, you received it. And what happens when you truly get saved, you become a brand new creation. What that means is the way you once thought, you're not thinking anymore. Who can testify to this? Addictions you once had are no longer a part of your story. Things that thought, thought processes, depression, oppression, all these things that came against you and warded your soul and your spirit, man, is broken by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and you became brand new. If that's you, shout amen. I know for me, to think, if you had found me at 17 years old, to think that I would be a preacher of the gospel would be the furthest thing you would ever equate to my life. I mean, it's only by the grace of God and through faith in Jesus Christ that I stand here totally made brand new. I don't think the same. I don't walk the same. I don't act the same. And if God can take your spirit and your soul where man has no power to go and make it brand new, then why would you ever think he can't take a physical body, which is lesser, and make it brand new? The same faith it takes to believe in salvation. Is the same. In fact, it's an even lesser faith to believe. If he can restore my soul, if he can put a brand new spirit within me, if he can eradicate my debt, he can definitely heal this body. Somebody shout hallelujah! Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Almost like, won't he do it? Yeah, he will. but once again how are you saved you're saved through grace by faith saved through grace by faith how are you healed through grace by faith why am I healed because the grace of God has paid the price of sin that price included sickness included poverty included lack that's been paid for so if I'm saved I'm healed in Jesus name I walk in it. I believe it. And if I'm challenged, come on. Like you're challenged when you're driving down the road and you cut someone off and they shout out, go to hell. You don't sit there and question your salvation, do you? Oh, my gosh. Am I going to hell? I did cut that person off. No, you're like, no. I'll be in heaven. You should join me. So if you don't question salvation when someone tells you to go to hell, then don't question healing when something comes in your body to tell you it's not real. You say, no, this is a lie from hell. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the same faith to be saved is the same faith to be healed. I am healed of the Lord. Come on, somebody. We got Chaplain Bob here. He died two years ago. Died. He was supposed to preach Sunday morning. I get a call Saturday. He's dead. His wife's like, I'm praying. He's alive. That's the God that we serve. I love those guys. Come on. On your way out, rub up against them so some of that gets on you. Jesus. Jesus. You're like, Pastor, I've been dealing with a headache for two days. And then that guy, he was raised from the dead. Oh, okay, never mind. You know what? You know what? Okay, I give up. I give up. My symptoms are not that big. Sorry. <laughs> faith. It's through faith. Mark 16, 15 through 18, power, powerful scripture. <laughs> he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Say, Who believe? believe. This doesn't say ministers of the gospel, it doesn't say prophets, apostles, teachers. It says, all who believe, once more, God disperses the gifts to everyone who will believe. Amen. Amen. So in my name, you'll cast out demons. When's the last time you cast out a demon? (laughs) 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 Woo! This is the church you want to be at today. You say, do you believe in demons? Yes, I believe in demons. They exist. They're in every continent of the world. They're in every nation. Some of them are working with you on a regular basis. Some of them are family members. Some of them are politicians. Some of them are even preachers. You've got to cast them out. Someone starts growling at you. Don't prescribe Xanax. Take authority. Get out in Jesus' name. All right, moving on. That was a popular one. I can see right now. Preaching to the choir this morning. Let's get to the next one. They will speak with new tongues. Hallelujah right there. Never be ashamed. If you got the Holy Ghost and you got a heavenly language, don't let religion crush that. Don't let somebody indoctrinate you to the point that you're so confused you don't know when you're supposed to pray in the Holy Ghost. Because actually when you're confused, that's when you're supposed to pray in the Holy Ghost. When you don't know how you ought to pray, you pray in tongues. So if someone's like, you're one of those tongue talkers, you just be like, (laughs) Shukuramalebebekeceramamanda. Yeah. Yekebebebroko. What? Get a little flavor on it. Get a little saucy with them. Maybe add a snap. I mean, I don't know. You just go with it. I'm totally seeing like a movie trailer right now. Step up, Holy Ghost style. Yeah, bata bata ramana. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Ha ha! Ha Jesus. In fact, you know what? We're talking about faith. The Bible says. You build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So pray in the Holy Ghost so that you have great faith, so that when you need great faith, you have great faith. Amen. The Bible says in Ephesians, uh, pray earn, or continuously in the Spirit. Pray at all times in the Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. These signs follow those who believe. They take up serpents. <laughs> Don't go out and test this. Don't go out and try and find a coral snake tonight just to say, look, pastor, see, I don't want to see that video. (laughs) Same faith it takes to pick one up, it takes to say, I will never cross paths with that coral snake in Jesus' name. If he does, I bind that devil in hell. No, What it means is if you drink anything deadly, it will not hurt you. What he's actually saying is divine protection that even when there is a plot or a plan to harm you, he's saying, this will follow you. If you believe me, you will not be harmed. You will be sustained. You will be protected. You will be healed. I am with you, says the Lord. And if I am with you, who can be against you? Hallelujah for that. In the midst of everything that comes against this world, a believer has a confidence to know, you know what? It doesn't matter the plan or the attack. Not only am I promised protection, I'm promised to be in his presence and to thrive no matter what comes against me. (laughs) Lastly, if you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Now, why in the world did God establish the laying on of hands? Because it is the most simplest form of agreement you could ever find. It takes both parties to agree with this moment right now. I'm going to lay hands on you. And I'm going to pray for you. And that part, has got to say, I'm going to believe with you that when you lay hands on me, something's going to happen in this moment. What does the Bible say? If two or more on earth come in agreement as touching anything, it shall be established or done in heaven. Healing is an agreement. It's an agreement. I'm agreeing that God is going to heal me. I'm agreeing with his word. I'm believing in his promises. I'm receiving by faith. Everything God has made available to me by the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the sacrificial lamb. Healing is mine. Lay hands on me, and I'm going to receive it. It's a point of contact to say, in that moment, my faith is released, and I will be made whole. Faith. It's faith. Faith is a part of our daily lives. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. So you have to have faith for any part of the Bible, like I already established. You have to have faith for, to be saved. Otherwise, you're just walking around shouting Jesus, but you ain't really saved. You have to have faith that you are made brand new. You have to have faith in these things. Mark 5, 5, 30 through 34. Another bit of famous scripture, continuing on. Faith that receives, I'm speaking about today. We're talking about supernatural healing. That it's not just something that happens in a whipped up frenzy of an atmosphere. But it's something that happens when a person humbles himself and believes the word, even if it is contrary to what they can see with their eyes. We understand that the seen world was made through things which are unseen. And so we look past the fruit or the consequences or the reality of this seen world, pass it into the unseen world of a father that says, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. And you say, that is my truth. That is my promise. That is my reality. I look to you and no one else. Faith receives from heaven. Mark 5, 30 says, Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, he turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now before we get any further, I want to establish this. Just I want you to really think about this story. The Bible says at the start of this that this woman had suffered of this affliction for 12 years. She had spent all of her money. She had done, she'd visited every official and every expert. She'd done everything that was told of her, but the Bible says she rather grew worse. It got worse to where she was broke, had no other option. She heard about Jesus. She said, Well, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She pressed through the crowd, not caring if somebody saw her and she was stoned to death or carried out. She said, this is my last resort. I have no plan B. This is the only thing that is going to work for me, Jesus. And when she touched him, power flowed. She was made whole from something that plagued her for 12 years. Lesson to learn. Hopefully, it does not take you 12 years and all of your wealth to get the revelation that he is the first person And the only person that you should go to. I'll put it in perspective. And I'm not mocking the medical field. But if a doctor told you to take these three pills. Come back next Tuesday for another test. Come back next Wednesday for a biopsy. Come back for this scheduled operation. You would follow right in line with that medical expert. Trusting that he knew what he was talking about. At the expense of your own body and your own money. But people will come to God. And expect him, they'll give him one opportunity to do something. And after that, they'll turn their backs and say, I tried it, didn't work, so I'm going to go this way. Who are you to say that man deserves your trust that much? And a system that is obviously something has gone wiry with the medical system to where they're building hospitals that look like the Taj Mahal. Somebody's profiting from your sickness. God never said, come to me and give me a $1,000. And I will make you whole. He just said, "By my stripes. He said, you take the medical bill and I've paid it in full. And because I paid it in full, I give you my healing right now. If you would believe it, receive it, you would have it. Why does that matter? It matters because if you are really going to go after healing. Don't let some hiccup in the road turn you off path and say, well, it doesn't work for me. No, it'll work for everyone that believes it is truth. You got to stay in faith, people. So if it, if it takes, if you go to a prayer meeting and the prophet says, I want you to come to prayer for three weeks in a row and pray in the Holy Ghost for an hour and dance before the Lord for breakfast and do all of these things, you should do it. Because you're putting the same faith in a doctor that says, Show up and drive an hour out of your way to go get this medical test. Man, I'll dance before the Lord. I'll shout hallelujah. I'll come to prayer. I'll rambalete. I'll do it all. Because I'm pursuing what I know to be truth. That's what pressing through the crowd means. It's not there's a bunch of people getting healed and God's going to pick one person to be healed. It means that this person that's telling you this way and this person saying that way, you press past the crowd and say it's one way, it's Jesus. He is the way, He is the life, He is the truth. That is where my healing lies. And I'm not going to be sidetracked along the way to any other thing that appears like a promise. Because the only promise I need is right here. Are you with me right now? Is this okay? Are you happy? Am I going to get a message at the end of today? Was I too political? Was I too medical today? I'm just having fun. I'm actually very happy. And it didn't bother me when they said that. I actually loved them. I was not upset. Hey, we need to wake people up though. Two reasons this scripture actually gives us for her healing. Number one, the first thing that the first scripture I read, it says that power flowed from Jesus. So what that means is healing comes from the Lord. It comes from God. I do not possess the power to heal you. You do not possess the power to heal you. God possesses the power to heal. It is as the Spirit wills. Thank God for that. We have already established the damage it would do for any person that was able to heal everybody. Because you don't have the wisdom of God. So truthfully right now if you're like could you heal if you were able to heal everybody you'd go around and heal everybody because you have no idea what's going on when you're doing that and you have no idea the consequences God knows everything that's going to happen. You with me so far? Yeah. So power flowed from Jesus. God is the healer. But the reason the power flowed Jesus himself said from his own mouth. He said your faith. Your faith. Jesus didn't say God healed you. He knew power flowed from him. But he didn't say God healed you. He said your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Two reasons right there. God did it. Why did he do it? Because she had faith that he was going to do it. Say faith. You've got to believe that God is who God says he is. Let's go a little bit further. You still with me? You tracking with me? cruising down the highway of faith right now psalm 121 verse 1 through 4 i will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help my help comes from the lord hallelujah who made heaven and earth he will not allow your foot to be moved he who keeps you will not slumber behold he who keeps israel shall neither slumber nor sleep come on somebody God is not asleep. He's not taking a nap. He's not taking his eyes off of you. He is not confused or forgotten about you. When R.W. Schambach passed away, I love to share this because it was so much fun. My father-in-law had a cell phone number. So we would call his cell phone number because his voicemail would say, Praise God, this is R.W. Shambach. You call me, you got to leave a message. You call on God, you can get him anytime. Laughter. We'd hang up, and we'd call it again. Praise God, this is R.W. Schambach. Call on me, you got to leave a message. You call on God, you can get him anytime. (laughs) It's like the best voicemail ever. He's already in heaven, and he's still preaching just through his voicemail. You're like, I believe that. I feel faith in that. Yeah. Call him again. But Listen. The Bible here says God's not sleeping. What did, God, what, did, what did Elijah do when he mocked the prophets of Baal? He said, shout a little louder. Your God must be asleep. He's taking a nap. But if you keep cutting, keep shouting, keep going, you're going to get through. Actually, used the term mocked them because God does not sleep. It means when you go to bed at nighttime, you lay your head down, and you're not thinking, boy, God, please don't fall asleep tonight. Please watch over me. Really tired. I can't take watch tonight. It's your turn. Been napping all week long, God. Every time I pray, you're like... God's not napping. He's not asleep. You can go to bed and you can rest well. And you know, man, God is watching over me. Anytime God is watching over me, it gives you confidence. It gives you peace. It gives you joy that the Lord is watching over you. You don't stay up at night because He stays up at night. Because the principle is, you don't both have to stay up. You with me? You're out and you're in in the army and you're taking guard. You assign watch. Michael gets to take the first eight hours. Mark gets to take the next eight hours. And I'll take the last 30 minutes. You assign roles. You know what I'm saying? So they have to stay up, but everybody else can sleep. Because it doesn't take both people doing it. So you don't stay up. Because you don't both have to stay up. Likewise, if scripture says he himself bore our sicknesses, that word is Leviticus 16, the same word used for the scapegoat where the blood, of Jesus, where the blood from the sacrifice was poured on a lamb or, or on a goat, and the goat was sent into the wilderness to bear the sins of the nation of Israel far away from the tribe so that God's judgment wouldn't come upon them. It wasn't the goat and the priest, it was the goat that bore it so that the Bible says you, do not, you don't both have to bear your sickness because he bore your sickness so don't wear sickness and disease as a badge of honor of a trial you're going through saying that God's teaching me something you say no he bore this the only lesson I need to know is he has taken it from my life I don't have to bear what he has already borne on his body. Shout hallelujah. Come on, somebody. He bore it for you. He carried it away. Stop running after it to grab it and bring it back. David Oyadepo once said, people come to God and say, Lord, help me with this. And he says, what they don't realize is they're telling God, Lord, take me back up to heaven so I can pick up my problems and bring them back to earth. Because God has already dealt with the issue and it is already done If you believe it shout amen You say well what happens when there are symptoms symptoms come and go Truth is eternal stand on the word command the symptoms to go he bore them in his body You get on down the road you take your ugly goat self out of my life I believe in healing do you believe in healing shout amen Now when and where are you healed? When do you get healed? You say, man, I've been needing healing in my body. When will my healing come? Such a good question. The answer is that at Calvary, your sin and your sickness was exchanged for salvation and healing. So 2,000 years ago is when you were healed. 2,000 years ago. When Jesus stood on Calvary's cross and became a curse for you and hung on that tree, everything that could come against your physical body was nailed on that cross with him. The Bible says he made a public spectacle over the enemy and he triumphed over him once and for all. Jesus said rejoice because I have overcome this world and this is the faith that overcomes. The faith that Jesus finished the work on the cross. If you believe it, say amen. Now, how does that apply? Because you say, today I'm sick. I was thinking about that. I thought, God, how does it make sense? 2,000 years ago, I'm healed, but today I have a headache. And it popped in my spirit that I hope this is a good parable. There's a holiday called Juneteenth that is the celebration of the realization of freedom from slavery that was announced in Texas in 1865 where people began to celebrate that slaves are no longer property of other people, that freedom belongs to all men, based upon the Emancipation Proclamation signed two and a half years previous in 1862. How does that work? Because the word or the news hadn't carried to those that needed it yet. But the moment they knew they had a legal right, that I am now free, the same power that was signed two and a half years ago became evident in their life that day. That's what they celebrate. The day it became a reality to them. Today is the day that it becomes a reality to you. Thank you, Jesus. It's bought. It's paid for. So you have a legal right to health. You have a legal right to healing. And if the enemy tries to infect your body, you understand he is illegally operating. Think about that right there. Come on. So if I walked up in your house and you didn't know me and I put on a ski mask and I kick in your door and I run in there and I make a PB&J and I run in and I grab your earrings and I grab your watch, are you going to say, okay, it's all right? You're going to be like, you you where's the nine millimeter? Where's the cleaver? Nine one one, police get here. There is an illegal inhabitant in my house. Kick him out, throw him in prison, slam the book at him, and give me my PD&J back. That's right you do. Why? Because you understand he's the one that's in the wrong, not you. He's the one that went where he's not supposed to go. So you have to call it for what it is. When the devil tries to maneuver illegally in your life 2,000 years ago, It has been made illegal for him to touch this body. Somebody shout, hallelujah. I feel fire in this place. Woo! I'm I'm teaching today. Calm down. I'm teaching. If you guys would stay calm, I could get through this like a good teacher. Trying not to preach. Trying just to teach. And I'm just teaching excitedly. That's what I'm doing excited teaching isn't that powerful think about that and let me tell you that too so put this in perspective somebody breaks into your house you're going to take precautions now I'm going to get a deadbolt Mm -hmm. I'm going to put one of those cameras up I'm going to catch that culprit try to walk on my porch and steal my Amazon Mm -mm. bind you devil I'm going to find out who you are I'm going to find out who your parents are. And if you're young, I'm going to tell your parents on you and call the police. You're going to take precautions. So here's the thing. See, the enemy comes. He tries to get you worn down with a cold every, every six months. Just fried tired. Allergies flare up every year. He gets you worn down till he gets you to the point that he can come in and slam you. And you're like, well, God didn't heal me through all of that. It's just a part of my life. I'm just going to have to struggle through these things instead of realizing that even the first glimpse of something in your body. Be like, this is illegal. Yeah. Now, listen, I used to listen to faith preachers that preach this, and I thought, these guys are full of it. <laughs> no, I would. I'd be like, yeah, right. You just sit there, and you sneeze once, and you're like, I bind you, and they never sneeze again. I sneeze every time I look at bright lights. I'm like, But then you know what? You Here's what you got to do. You got to actually research it. Look at some of these guys. Like, like like even Kenneth Copeland, which is a very controversial person, believes and speaks in healing. Look at his schedule. I just want you to do that. He's 83 years old. I want you to pull up how many places that guy is in and understand he's running at a pace of a 20-year-old at 83 years old, just like Caleb when he was 85 years old and he took the mountain or 80 years old and he took the mountain just as strong as he was when he was 45 years old because it is not just something they shout hallelujah to. It is something that they have claimed. They have disciplined their mind and their flesh to fall in subjection to the spirit of God and the truth of his word. And they say even at the slightest hint, you do not have legal right to attack this body. This vessel belongs to the Lord and to the Lord only. And I refuse... To bow my knee to the enemy right now. And they walk in supernatural divine health. Divine health is better than healing. Because divine health is it doesn't even find a way to get you. But if you are God, know that healing is still available and God will turn it around. Do you believe it? Shout amen, boy. I'm glad I came to church today. Number one, I felt the love with all the, I can't believe y'all all put on goofy glasses to celebrate my birthday. This is like the greatest place on earth when people will do that. So if you receive your healing today or 20 days into fasting and praying, filling yourself with the word, it happened on Calvary's cross. That's, that's why Peter said, in first Peter 2:24, "Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed." See, Peter was actually looking back. He had heard Isaiah. He was with in Matthew when they quoted Isaiah saying he took our infirmities. He was there in that moment as Jesus was healing people. But on the cross, at this moment, Jesus hung on the cross. And Peter's looking to that moment saying, he, by his stripes, you were healed then. That's when you were healed. So he took Isaiah and he didn't say by his stripes you are healed. He said you were healed because he was looking back to the moment the transaction between heaven and earth took place and every price of sickness, sin, slavery, everything was paid by the shed blood of Jesus. And Peter confidently looked back and said at that moment you were made whole. At that moment you were healed. He looked back. Heaven is done with it. Say heaven's done with it. Like that, Malachi. Thanks for that, bro. Got the glasses on. I'm going to step it up now. (laughs) So I'm going somewhere with this, too. Once again, this is something that I actually, as I was studying this for the past month and a half, I realized that it's so easy for us to pray incorrectly based upon our own lack of understanding, which next week I'm going to get into some of the barriers to you being healed. I'm going to go through stuff, not, to, not so I can puff up the reason why you're not going to get healed, but so I can shed light in it too, so you can deal with it. Because once light reveals something, you can deal with it. And so um, I, you, you hear people pray, Lord, save my cousin, save my brother, save my mother, save my uncle, my father. But when they came to Jesus, Jesus taught them, this is how you pray. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers. So he didn't say pray that that I would save them. He said pray. Why did he say that? Because it was already done. Because salvation is available to everyone that would believe. And how do they believe? They have to first hear. And once they hear, they have to believe, receive, and agree. And then they can be saved. They can walk in healing. They can walk in whatever they believe in that moment. Because heaven is done with it. Last year, my uncle passed away suddenly. It was a crazy year. My aunt passed, and then a month later, my, my uncle passed. Was the weirdest thing, and at my uncle's funeral, and he was a good guy. My uncle was like the cool uncle, you know, but he had he had he had battled in his life with some things. And at his funeral, his neighbor gets up, and and he was like, "Man, for the last month, two months or something," he said, "I would go over there and I would talk to him about Jesus all the time." He said, "I'd be working in his shop and I'd walk across." And I just start telling him about Jesus, and we would talk for hours about the Lord, just day in and day out, talk about the goodness of God, presence of the Lord Jesus, who He is. Then his coworker got up and she said, "Man, for the last two months, I would talk about Jesus. We would get off work. He was a postal worker, and he would sit at the table with me in the break room, and we would talk about Jesus for hours." And it was like, she said, I couldn't shake it. Another person got up. Said that all, every, the last few months, I was just talking about Jesus all the time. What does that mean? It means that God is so faithful. He will surround people with, with, with just minutes. Because one man sows, one man waters, another man reaps. You think that God doesn't love your loved one as much as you love them? Oh, he loves them. But the way you pray is not God save them. Jesus said, the way you pray is surround them with laborers. Let them hear it in the workplace. Let them hear it in the, in the gas station. Let them hear it at Crispy's Fried Chicken. Let them hear it in public's parking lot. Surround them with ministers that just are drawn by the Spirit to open their mouths and declare that because God will present the truth to them. And he will wear down the heart so that that heart becomes free and they receive because that's the goodness of the God that we serve. And likewise, when we go to healing, it's like, take even the Holy Spirit. I was, I was at this place in Ocala with the rainbow people. And if you don't know who they are, just Google them because I'm not going to go into who they are. <laughs> Next week, you're going to come in here and be like, Pastor Caleb, I was on this journey all week long. Rainbow <laughs> what? Right? But I'm in this camp, it was the Jesus camp of the the rainbow people, of a guy that got radically saved and he felt to to keep evangelizing that wild community. This guy comes to me and he said, man, I was traveling the world and a monk told me that the Lord said that I'm going to strive for many years to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But it's not going to come until I strive and work hard for it. And then over a course of many years of my life on a journey to be filled, finally I will receive the Holy Spirit. And I looked at that kid and I said, bro, that's a lie from hell. I said, the only thing it takes for you to receive the Holy Spirit is believe, agree, and receive right now. He is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. He will fill you right here in this moment. All you got to do is lift your hands, bow your heart to the Lord and say, God, fill me and then take a step of faith. Why does that matter? Because you have seen it and I guarantee you've seen it. People that are struggling to be filled with the Holy Spirit, been on a journey for 27 years and they are convinced they will say it from their mouths. There's just something different about me. I don't do what other people do. It's like something doesn't work. As if God singled you out and was like, nope, this is the bad apple or the weirdo or the holier than others. So they don't have to go through what everybody else has to go through. What is that? That's a stronghold in the mind. Teaching a person to have a blockage instead of a childlike heart to say to receive the Holy Spirit, what happens? I believe it. I ask for it, and then I take a step of faith. Because people go to the Lord and it's like, if it's you, make my tongue flap. God doesn't make your tongue flap. That's like being like, Lord, if it's you, pick me up from this bed. Make me levitate across the room. And you're like, still laying in bed. I guess it wasn't you, Lord. I'm not supposed to love my wife. Wacko stuff people come up with. To tempt God and act like if God doesn't do that, if God doesn't prove himself, then he's not real. Wow. But to receive the Holy Spirit, all you got to do is bow your heart and say, it's mine. And then you take that step of faith and you make your tongue move. Yep. Jesus, cat, cat, until you get that Holy Ghost infilling. Same with healing. So salvation, agree, believe, receive. Holy Spirit baptism, agree, believe, receive. Healing, agree, believe, receive agree believe receive what does that mean it means you start walking in your healing you start declaring this is truth you take that step of faith even if the symptom tries to remain you do not highlight the symptom you highlight the finished work of Calvary's cross that 2000 years ago this is truth now someone asked me a very important question and I'll probably get into this deeper what happens if you wind up not not getting healed and you go to heaven Then you went to heaven, and you will not care that your body here gave out. You will be like, praise God, this is better anyways. (laughs) Can I get a witness in the house? You're never going to leave earth and step into heaven and look back to earth and think, it was good down there. You're going to look down and be like, ooh, ooh. That old stinky body? Mm -mm, I got my glorified body. So regardless, to live as Christ, to die is gain. But it doesn't change faith to believe, receive from the Lord. Amen? Amen? So if you are going through something in your body, do not look for 17 other options. Stay focused on the Lord. Grow. Stay in faith thanks for listening to the river claremont podcast if you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of jesus you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com your prayers and financial support are changing lives